How is the hockey going? It's end of season now. Done the <laughs> job. <laughs> Bloody hell. <laughs> Done the job. two weeks ago. One in, one out. Like 10 finished. mil late at 4am. One in, one out. We finished fourth. We did the job. We're back in the um, top... D- well, we're in the new league. So, you know, what more can I say? You played Two more games. games. You did training sessions. Oh, I did. I've trained a lot. How many times? I don't know. Twice. How many games you played? Two. Listen, you, just, you don't even need to train. Oh. Oh, all right. Oh, um. some groundbreaking research here, everybody. Yeah. Athletes out there, you don't need to train. I think she's just saying how good she is. That's no, what you've got to do is just stand on the post and the ball will get you eventually. That's why I tell the youngsters, don't move. And God, that's happens. why hockey's rubbish. This week on Balls, we discuss bad sportsmanship, horse racing and racism. And if you're a wacky legging wearer, then Beth Fisher isn't very happy with you. Happy birthday to you. No, no, no. I'm taking my headphones off. Happy birthday to you. Headphones are off, can I hear? Happy birthday, dear Mia. Happy birthday. Nini, Nini. It is the most awkward song in the world. Happy birthday to you. We went to the zoo. I saw a big monkey and I thought it was you. Every Balls episode, you managed to get a creepy song in. Creepy, creepy. Isn't that just the worst song in the world? The tune is terrible. I mean, the feeling that it gives the person who it's aimed at is just awkward. We've had this conversation before on Balls, remember? And for my birthday, I just said, you end up, just sing along. Yeah, and then we called you sad. I remember. Mm. But that's just normal. Uh, Hello, welcome to Balls, episode eight. Yes, you're hearing right. It's episode eight. We are still here. We haven't had another row yet. And we haven't been chucked off either. That's true. Well, there's no one who's going to chuck us off. I think she means you're going to chuck her off. That's uh, true. Uh, no, no, I don't mean that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the boss, right? <laughs> you can't chuck the Wizard of Oz off the Wizard of Oz. Okay. <laughs> Why, uh, Welcome to Balls. How is everybody? Put oh. your phones on silent. Oh. Do you know what? It's my housemate's mum. Oh. AJ, otherwise known as Anne. Saying, put your phone on silent. Do you doing a podcast? Did you have a lovely surprise last night? I do hope it was fun. Kiss, kiss. Isn't that oh, nice? I'll tell you one more thing more awkward than Happy Birthday song. You in proper pyjamas. Oh, no, don't. You look like Dad had just been asked to put on a 90. You look that awkward. Yeah, honestly, I, I felt... What's that book? Where Explain to the l- listeners yeah, I what don't we're talking about. I, I've and been Charlie. really busy all weekend. Basically, so I, no going on. I was away in Manchester on my actual birthday. So when I came back, my friends from Cardiff had organised a little pyjama party but insisted I wear my housemates... Uh, albeit sausage dog which is my favorite dog but they were like felt white uh, like buttoned up blouse um the length of the trousers was roughly mid shin <laughs> um honestly it was just horrendous what do you normally wear to bed then like baggy t-shirt footy shorts <laughs> sorry oh are you 14 years old <laughs> hi welcome to bed like yeah, too. <laughs> shortly before i put Lynx africa on <laughs> don't i used to love Lynx africa uh, that was my first ever man smell that was yeah, I love a bit of that. First and only man smell on you. Yeah. Wee. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from your birthday then, what did you get up to? On my birthday, I did the only thing that I know how to do other than sleeping, and that's play netball. Oh, yeah, you didn't have a very good result, did you? No, terrible result. Uh, equally bad performance. Uh, we played a team called Manchester Thunder, who are top of the Super League at the minute. Um, very successful franchise. Um, and they're just a team that there's, there's very minimal margin for error when you play them, just because they're so clinical and... You know, we looked at the stats afterwards and they played all four of their shooters and all four of them shot at minimum 95%. So 
when they're returning that sort of um, obviously goal tally, it, there really is no margin for error, and we were just connections were slightly off. We tried to play a little bit too fast for our for our own probably skill level, um, and yeah, just they blew it out the water first three quarters. And netball is that type of sport when you've got a very good team and a team that's not on it, it is quite disastrous, isn't it? Yeah, and you know, if I think to if I think back to the uh, FA Cup semi final, Watford and Wolves, you know, Wolves probably dominant, two 0 up, cruising. You know, minute left on the clock. In netball, if you reverse that scenario, it's just not doable to get back into the match at that late stage. So that is something probably um, that is a reason that netball will never be probably quite as popular as a sport like football. We, we've talked about this, haven't we? How how could netball change? Because I agree, when you have a close netball game, it doesn't matter actually what level that is, as in, you know, the top of the league or bottom of the league. If it's close, it's, it's amazing to watch. But when you have those big scores, it's really boring. Mm-hmm. And we talked about, didn't we, is, I mean, it'd be interesting for those who listen, I know there's a few netball fans out there, whether I think personally should get rid of the one metre rule or 3.9 foot yard rule, whatever it's 0. called. 0.9 metres, yeah. that's yeah. the one. Three foot, yeah. To basically give defenders more of a chance and actually have, are you burping again? No, no, I'm really not. Oh, what were you doing then? I'm not sure, swallowing. Oh, right. <laughs> Goodness me. Burping. <laughs> <laughs> She's wearing a Bart t-shirt. You couldn't be yeah, more Bart right now. Yeah, he didn't burp. That was Barney Gumble. I just think it's so ruley, and I'm not sure if that is an adjective, but I just made it one. It is literally whistle, whistle, whistle. Um, and especially in the shooting circles, I know we joke that the shooters are princesses, but they're allowed to be because of how overly penalised circle defenders are. And for me, that's the only part of netball that absolutely drives me up the wall. And that's one part that I will not miss when I finish playing. Yeah, let's swiftly change subjects and talk about rules. Um, I saw on Twitter this week um, there was a video from the IPL, which is obviously the Cricket League, where uh, Ravi Ashwin runs out Joss Butler for moving too far down the non-striking end. So I will maybe we'll post this on um, our, t- our Twitter, which is... At Balls Pod. Um, to show you what we mean. And basically, you, you explained it more because this happened to you in the summer. <laughs> but the point is, I'm trying to say... It's Slightly it, different standard. But, but yeah, um, it brings me to when does following rules in sport actually become unsportsmanship like? So the scenario Beth's referring to is basically a bowler was running up, ready to bowl at obviously um, the batter. And uh, his, his partner, the batter's partner, had already started creeping up the crease, obviously ready to start his run. Bowler spotted it, stomped him out. Um, I'm not actually sure what sure what came in that scenario, but I, <laughs> I in my fun fives cricket summer tournament, did the same thing because I've never played cricket before. I didn't know that it was such like it was a it was a morally wrong thing. I noticed that their player kept creeping up the crease and was obviously a lot closer, um, you know, before I'd even actually come up come up to release my bowl. So on one of them, I stumped her out, and the whole team and the the old fella who was umpiring looked like Dumbledore was like, oh, I said, sorry, is that not allowed? And he said, mm, well, technically it is, but it's very, very frowned upon. And the other team were like, she can't do her, she can't do her, she can't do her. Um, so, so I ended up re-bowling, because I was like, fine, sorry, I didn't know the rules, but I'll just re-bowl. But if it's in the rule book, and it's there for a reason, obviously, to stop people running too soon, to gain an advantage, then why not? What's come of it is that a lot of the IP, well, all the IPL teams have gone, this will not happen again. If, like, but, they, but they haven't changed the rules but they said th- this isn't cool this isn't good and like even the captain of India was like that's not right and about one of his own teammates was like that's not right Wow. I just find that really strange and I, I find the same with um, the under um, serve in tennis Martina Hingis did it to Steffi Graf 
years ago and recently who was it the tennis player uh, this Nick week? Kyrgios the controversial Australian did it to was it Rafa Nadal I think it might have been Rafa Nadal I don't think it was Rafa no no no, no. Um, I can't think who it was too but I think Kyrgios is brilliant you don't I think, I, oh here we awesome. go I think he's brilliant I think because like tennis is so boring to me like this part of tennis like, I'll, I'll watch like Wimbledon and stuff this part of tennis that I find like really really vanilla and I just like a bad character in that the just only to, to mix it up a little bit the only reason I dislike Kyrgios is because he's done that same behaviour where he's doing underarm serves and sort of half-hearted returns when he's actually given up on the uh, on the fixture so he's done that he's got a reputation for doing that because he gives up he throws his toys out the pram and that's why he stops playing basically so I think him doing it and actually winning a point and winning the match off it people are just like oh do you know what this especially in a sport like tennis where it is very sort of upper class and you know you very much respect the opposition and actually that's why I like tennis but I, I, think, I think I hate I don't like his attitude and you know that, there's obviously a reason why he's an individual sportsman and not a team player but I, I just don't like it I don't do think it's a good example do you know what I can't, something I hate most is people giving up in sport yeah do you have people in your team I don't know whether you can do it can you do it in netball but in hockey obviously because there's a lot of running there's nothing worse when I see someone's giving up and I, I was because I was growing up and I wasn't a very good hockey player really compared to my teammates I was the never giver upper yeah and I think like when you know when kids when kids sort of ask for advice and I, I really hate those types of one-on-one questions because obviously it, it's such a it's so vague isn't it there's not one sentence that's going to get you to the absolute top or whatever but if if you are that little workhorse like you were <laughs> and you're the try hard and you're the keynote there's only so long Coaches can ignore it if that's what they're doing. They can't ignore a Kino and a try hard forever, you know, and that's the only thing really that is within your control in a match, especially in a sport like hockey, netball, football. There's so many variables. The only thing within your control is your effort levels. Do you think it's an understated skill to try yeah. harder? Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, the never give her up. It, it is a skill. You know, people say, oh, they're naturally talented or they're just a hard worker. Being a hard worker is a talent and it is a skill and it's actually a choice as well you don't get it naturally even those that are naturally try hard as have to keep working on it there's times where we all feel like giving up you know when things go against you in matches or a bad run of results or you know politics within teams we all know about that that's probably one for another balls episode but it, it is definitely it is definitely a skill and you know what um in my hockey career there were obviously those who were literally so talented they could have just not trained walked on a pitch and represented great britain but there were those of us who were tryhards and never give uppers and it's not a coincidence that those are the ones that have lasted long in the game no and i think you know if, if you ask to someone it, i mean it's an interesting question because i think you and i are quite similar in terms of work rate you know in terms mm-hmm. of you know we're never give up give her uppers and charlie did you give up in a half i think no ran it Charlie's in, he's part of the crew. But do you think it's something you can learn or do you think it's in you? I think... Because I think it's. I think you either have it or you don't. I think and you can be if r- the right coach. Does everything. I, I was going to say that. I think you're right. It's naturally in you or it's not. But I do think it can be developed at a young age with the right, uh, with the right peers around you and the right coaches around you. Do you in that case, is it, is it a parental thing as well? Oh yeah, definitely. You know, you you know, let's say a child spends an hour a week at their club, an hour and you know, what's twenty four hours a day times seven go? No, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of hours. Beep. Insert time. It's the teachers and the parents that actually have the most contact time. Uh, but but it's an attitude for me. I think, you know, 
from noticing players coming through now, I'm not saying everyone, but there's this perception that they have, or well, they do have a lot more on their plate than we had as athletes growing up. And you're a bit, you're younger than I am, so you know I had way less than you, and it's this actually having to kind of face all these barriers and still give 100%? I actually think it's it's down to the standards of, say, the governing body as well. If they have a senior player, so they've made it through all that way, through the pathways, through their development, and they are now a senior player, and they have a bad attitude, that is that is poor standards from the NGB to allow that player to get through all the way. Because once they're there, you're never, ever going to change it. Yeah, You know, uh, we're seeing it now with Julie Hornrig, who is a a really renowned coach from Australia. She's she's our Welsh international netball coach. And she has a zero tolerance in terms of commitment, attitude. She doesn't care if you've got no caps, you've got 100 caps. If you can't commit to a day, if you if you are even 90% in a drill, you're out. It's as simple I as love that. that. And I absolutely love it. It doesn't matter if, if you're... If, if you're a talented netballer and the most skillful or fittest person on the team, if if your attitude isn't there, then you're out. I completely agree with that. I feel like with coaches especially, they can be players, like you were saying, you obviously got to a good level because you tried hard, but also you must have had good coaches around you to make you step up a little bit more. I don't know. I can just remember even from the age of three when I had to run across country, I just wanted to like try my hardest, and it was like you had to run across country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is my first. It was that r- is child yeah. abuse. We ran around Cosmos and Lake, and this is my first ever. I was quite three big. or four, three or four, right? We That's used to massive. run round, and we'd come down the finishing. It's my first ever example of um, sexism, and I was <laughs> no seriously. I was. At, I went at three. Yeah, yeah, three or four. Asked my mum. She was there, obviously, cheering on. We come down the boardwalks. I was in Westbourne School, majority boys. I was beating all the boys, and someone's mum shouted to Jonathan or whatever his name was, "Don't get beaten by a girl." And so I, I remember it. I can literally close my eyes question. and remember it. And then you walked it. through a mum and smacked her. Can or I, is that can that? How can you sex it? Why is every um, unidentified boy called Johnny or little Johnny? Oh. Or Jonathan? Obviously at Westbourne School, he's Jonathan. <laughs> so it's little Johnny, isn't it? It's, can we just leave it's, the never, it's never mini Tiffany. I know, because I don't identify as a girl. Or small Dean. Dean. <laughs> so um, I don't know what my point was. No, I, 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 and I've had so many different coaches. And I think coaches definitely went for a ball set. Podcast, <laughs> and there is. I don't care if whether I'm playing five-a-side football, hockey session, um, cricket, where I had a tantrum because I got run out. Um, I will literally wanna wanna be a hundred percent at my effort level. But I also think for coaches and for selectors, if they get that right, the balance of if you've got a bad attitude, you're out, and if you've got a good one, you're in with a shot. They would solve half the problems you get with team dynamics because that is one of the biggest pulls away from team cohesion is when you feel that other people who are getting the same opportunity as you are not pulling the same weight. Can I ask you then, I think it's a real problem in Wales where you have a very small talent pool in sports Mm. thereby you cannot be that... You could be, but you would lose half your players. Agree or not agree? I do agree, but I also think the selection processes aren't good enough that you probably identify those hard workers. You see them once a year for half an hour. You go to a tournament. You see the skillful, showboaty player. They're the ones that get involved in the system. I had a really big problem. I quit rugby when I was like 13 or 14 because of this. Sexism? Uh, Not sexism. Jonathan. Was it Jonathan? (laughs) It was Jonathan. Um, But what happened was, especially with these like pools where... I went to every training session. I used to walk like a mile and a half training back because obviously my parents worked full time, so it was like understandable. But I used to walk to the training sessions like put full effort in. Went, I think I missed like two or three training sessions in the full season. Like, mm. but my selection was ro- low because I just was a bit crap at rugby. I wasn't great, yeah. But I was always there. But there were players who'd turn up 
it's normally backs in rugby. It's as simple as that. They're the ones, they're the pretty boys who think they can turn up a cocky because they can crossfield kick a ball. All right, yeah, cool. All right, Johnny, we get it. Exactly. So there's a problem with, especially from a young age, because I feel like those people can't be pushed out because they're talented. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then by the time it gets to my age now, because I'm 22, none of those boys who were getting picked are still playing rugby because exactly. they've got a shit attitude. attitude. Which um, <laughs> actually is a really good point, Charlie, and I think it's something which drives me insane. And, and there was a tweet actually this week from a guy called Gareth Clark on Twitter saying, a good mate of mine had this text from his son's football coach. What do you think? He was basically oh. tagging FA Wales. Basically, it, well, again, if you look on um, Twitter, this dad had a text from his son's coach saying that basically he was dropped from the under-12s. Yeah. Um, because, it, you know, he wasn't basically good enough, which, again, goes back to your point, Charlie, doesn't it? The, <laughs> the fact that at that age, what should we be looking at for the these sports people? The under-12s isn't the point where, like, it sounds so daft. Like, when you're hitting puberty is when you're going to be peaking, really, to get at that level. So kicking someone at under-12s where they're not developed at all yet and they can be developed without actually giving them a chance is ridiculous. And even if he wasn't good enough in air quotes... People can't see when I do air quotes. I do it all the time. <laughs> Even quote. if he's not good enough, in theory, doesn't mean that he should be kicked out. It should be, if he's willing to come up and make the effort, you play him. Pay, probably pay in his bloody subs as well. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, at that age, that coach's intentions are clearly winning rather than yeah. actual just playing enjoyment fun well, hobby. I, and I, I didn't... Yeah, that's just oh, that's ridiculous. I didn't even go to a hockey club until I was 14. So, you know... <laughs> Actually, development phases are so different for individual athletes, aren't they? And I, I think, you know, the problem with rugby and I think with football as well, the, well definitely football, there's a money thing, is it? People get obsessed with this, their child Football going to become Football's a the worst one for it, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, and, and I just think, when you rely so heavily on volunteers, like at grassroots level football, you sort of, you settle for things that obviously you wouldn't settle for with a paid manager. Um, obviously, they're not, they're not accountable to a boss or to, you know, an employer. So, you know, that football coach probably gives up, you know, a couple of nights a week, gives up his Saturday to be coaching those boys. But his intentions are clearly wrong. The emphasis for him is on winning rather than these boys just having a fun time. Mm. But would the other parents step up and coach instead? Would they be willing to give up their time? It's it's one of them, you know? Yeah, and, and it's one of them. It's one it's of them round around your neck you look like goldy licking chain. What the hell is it's that? It's looking, not licking. I don't know what version you've been Looking from Pinar. What on earth is that? It's a tea bar. Wow. It's nice. what the kids would call swaggy. Wow. They Sorry, are we talking about outfits today? Yeah. Because the sorting hat mixed you up between Ravenclaw and Gryffindor, I think. Also, hey. it looks like you belong in a yacht club. Boating with B. Goodness. Well, you know, you just can't choose style these days. Disgusting. <laughs> Disgusting. Um, um, horse racing. Oh, God. I know you don't want to talk about it, but it's a hot topic. She Do looks like she owns a horse. <laughs> I'm sorry, but your farmyard animals are becoming too regular on this show. And she does look like she owns a horse. Actually, no, more of a polo club thing. I've got yeah, she doesn't on. look like she mucks out the bloody... No, darling, I'm the one that goes, Jonathan, get the hay bale out. You need to do some revision on your horse lingo, I think. Right, horse racing. National Don't go this asking little Johnny to get his hay bale out. Oh, for goodness God's sake. sake. You always have to bring the tone down. Get your hand off your hip. <laughs> You sat in a, student a studio, right, horse racing. Charlie, talk to me. Depressing. Depressing, but I, I did put 70p on the Grand National. Do you win anything? Did I? No, I didn't. You're part of the problem, you No, don't ask me. I, I, I'd probably just go 
with the flow. I, I jump on the bandwagon because I literally have got no interest in horse racing for the well, rest of the year. Who's the best name? Who's got the yeah. coolest? That's me. That who's, got, who's got the quirkiest jumper? It looks like it's from Urban Outfitters, you know. But why? It, it's literally the media The media hype makes you want to bet on Cheltenham, makes you want to bet on the National, even though you've got, you've got no real interest in it. It's just... But morally, you know, there was a tweet in the week, wasn't it? Um, I don't know if you saw it. It became a meme in the end. So apologies to whoever wrote this tweet, but I'm not going to credit you. But it basically said, oh, I read an awful story today about a footballer who got injured and his employers didn't want to pay for his treatment, so they put a bullet through his skull. Oh, sorry, did I say footballer? I meant racing horse. What do you think about that? I just... <sighs> you know, I, I find it really difficult because I am an animal lover. Obviously, um, and you know when horses end up bloody dying, you kind of think. But I, re- I don't, re- I don't really know what I think, to be honest. Do you agree? Li- with, do you agree with it, or is it just that you're so used to seeing it? You're so used to okay. Well, that horse has fallen over. But and I, he's so broken I, his leg. I, w- I work with one of the girls in BBC Rhiannon, and she owns horses, and th- she says they absolutely love running. They do, but would you want to be spanked for three miles and then maybe shot if you broke your leg? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I would. (laughs) Hit me up. For goodness sake, I wanted some strong opinion on this for the veggies out there. There were three horse deaths in the National this year, I think. Because I I thought there was one yesterday, and then my sister was like, oh, no, there were three, and I was like, that's really sad. I think if a sport ends with something dying, it shouldn't be a sport. Mm. The same way that... Cockfighting is cock now ho- a medieval uh, hobby that's frowned upon, you know? Or um, fox hunting. Yeah. But it's still considered a sport and it's still done. And it's in the same... I feel like it should sort of be in the same category. If there's a way to do horse racing where no animal gets injured, no one gets hurt, spot on. And I get that horses love running and stuff, but they also probably don't love having their face planted in the floor and breaking both front legs. I'm sure foxes so like running, but they don't like being chased by a Tory on a horse with a fo- with a bloodhound. Exactly. I think that is the same sort of thing. I like running, but I wouldn't want to carry a, a, a skinny Irishman on my back and do it. <laughs> Would you? <laughs> I'm up for anything these days. <laughs> Hockey season's over. No, I, no listen. If, 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 if anybody's got any strong opinion on it, please get in touch with us on Twitter yeah. via at BallsPod. Um, we're not horsey people. Uh, we don't agree that there should be any deaths, human or equine. Um, but please let us know if you've got any strong opinion on it, for or against. Yeah. Um, the next subject we're going to talk about briefly, we were wondering whether we should touch on this, but we decided we should we should because I think it's only right, is the racism that's going on um, in sport. And obviously we're talking about football mainly here. And we felt quite, I don't know, we weren't sure whether we were the right people to talk about it because quite simply we're white. So how can we have an opinion on what it feels like to have racist chants at us? But I feel that it's a, a subject which I can't not talk about because I feel so horrifically strong about, um, you know, from someone who, um, you know, is gay and quite often puts out things about campaigns. There's nothing more annoying when you don't get people who are straight or allies kind of raising their voice and supporting you as well. So I feel it's only right that we kind of have our say on it because I think it's becoming an absolutely out-of-this-world, disgusting part of sport. I think um, the most recent one, especially in the last few days, was the Benucci thing mm-hmm. with um, Moise, Moise Keen, Moise Keen, I don't know. Keen, yeah. Yeah, Keen, that's better. i just say the second. Not Roy, though. <laughs> no. Um, with what happened with Benucci and um, Allegri said that he 
spoke badly and he didn't express himself correctly with the situation. And I feel like it's just some players are still very ignorant to how big of an issue it is. Well, let's go back. He said basically um, the player was 50-50 to blame because he celebrated his goal in front of the supporters, even though they were shouting monkey noises. That response, and, you know, on Twitter this week, there's been um, Gordon Strachan basically <laughs> comparing paedophilia to race racist chants. We've had... There's a talk sport video where someone's basically saying it's it's banter. I mean, and that Danny Rose is rich, so he should just get two minders to walk around and to, to hear any racists away. Yeah, and you know, John Barnes came and said that it, or came out and said that it wasn't just a football problem; it's a society problem. And you know, he's absolutely right. And I think we all, as people, surround ourselves by like-minded people. Brexit is a perfect example of that because you know we didn't expect it because you you surround yourself pe- by people who you probably have similar views to. And I don't think we, let's be honest, I, I couldn't be friends with someone who had outwardly racist views. I just think it goes, it, this comes down to the overall fan base at a lot of football matches. Now, I've been to my fair share, and the one of the only things probably I prefer about women's football is it hasn't adopted that, uh, that vibe and that culture in, uh, within the fans that men's football has. Um, I've been at Newport County matches, I've been at Arsenal matches, Wrexham matches. Now, excuse me if you're not one of these, because I, I am aware that I'm probably generalising, but the group of fans that these chants are coming from in these certain, obviously, countries that are way behind the UK in their views on, obviously, racism and segregation, they're very low-educated, um, drunk men. Yes. Now, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. so when you put... If you put Tunk 2 low-educated, drunk men in a room, they're going to have some rogue conversations. Then put 10,000 of them in a stadium where they're excited because their team is playing football. It just, it, it, it like erupts like a disgusting volcano into this, is this funny? How, right, who can make the next joke to make them laugh even more? Oh, is this one across the line? I'm not sure. Oh, all of a sudden this 18-year-old boy has the audacity to come and stand and celebrate his goal you know, in front of us. It's just... It, the overall culture of football fans, I think, is vile. But um, a couple of Fridays ago, I ended up having a random Friday night chat with Mark Bright, who was a Crystal Palace striker. And he's, I actually met him a few months ago at a Crystal Palace ladies match. We commentated together and he spoke to me after about the racism that he received as a player. But also as a little boy, him and his brother used to have to run home hand in hand mm. because they used to get racist chants. And what he's saying is that he's spoken to some of his you know, ex-teammates who are, who are black and they've noticed that there's this peak of outwardly racist, you know, behaviour. But what he said, which was quite interesting, it's really stuck in my mind. He said, you know, you don't know, people won't come out and say I'm a racist, you know. It will come out at football matches when they're drunk, when it, there's it, road it, rage. And he said, you know, quite te- often... It tends to be racist that go, I'm not racist, but... Yeah. <laughs> and he said, you know, it's the classic. If someone cuts you up in a car and you go, yeah, whatever, yeah. bastard, yeah. if it's got... A, um, any connotation to it if it's got a gender or a race thing attached to it you are racist and it's that um, that unconscious bias and racism that people think's gone it hasn't for me it's getting worse and worse and worse and you know I, I, th- I personally think number one if, if it happens in stadiums fan, uh, players should be taken off the pitch number two if it happens in stadiums and fans are caught I think the, the club should be dot points because when will it stop? I'm going off slightly uh, to politics, but Diane Abbott, who, for whatever view, she makes mistakes, but she's a woman and she's black. 
she made this rousing speech probably last year, I think it was, saying that back in the 80s, people, when they were sent racist letters, they'd have to write it out, put it in an envelope, walk to the post box and put it in. That's the effort you'd have to be to be to, to be a racist or to send mm. abuse. Nowadays, you can pick up your phone and type abuse straight away. You can shout but it in beh- behind an egg picture. Yeah. Uh, but I think personally, you know, it, you know, I we have no idea in this room as white individuals what it's like to be, to be you know abused as, mm. as black people. But what I will say is that as as white people, as we have to as allies, if so, if you hear it, you have to call it out. And I'm, I'm not talking about just racism, any any type. And I know it's scary. And I've been actually involved in a horrific experience my uncle in a rugby stadium where he, he has a disability and he was actually you know verbally abused and it was horrific and I, I call myself a bit of a gobby cow but clubs have got to you know got to do a better job at stamping this out at the at the root yeah agreed agreed well there we go so Adjourned. anyway we're with you all of you this let's stamp it out if you as you say if you hear it and you facilitate it silence is just as bad i agree um yeah, well said, Beth. Oh, crikey, I need a bit of a, I need a gin and tonic after that. Right then, do you want to discuss the ball bag? Yes, I do. You've got one, haven't you? No, I haven't <laughs> this week, uh, which is which is obviously it's, it's very rare that nothing has ruffled my feathers. But I've, well, I've got two. Do you want to borrow one? Should I oh, say can them? I can I put one in? Oh, Charlie boy. Dip your bag in, Charlie. Go oh, on. Oh, please. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, over the weekend, I was working and there were I was filming stuff and there were a lot of drunk people, and there's nothing worse than this is for anyone who goes get, goes to an event and gets drunk and then just don't try and grab someone's camera, don't try and grab Ooh. someone's phone, don't grab something that isn't yours, including people, please. And cap, caps in clubs, drunk people are drawn to them like magpies to a CD of wet, 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 aren't they? They want to grab your hat all the time. Why do you wear a cap in a nightclub? I'm sorry, I was be- I'd been at the rugby one time. No, I, yeah, 100%. Carry on, Charles. But it's the same sort of thing. Just just don't put your hat. You can have as much as you want. But don't grab someone's camera or mm. grab someone's things or thing. Oh, <laughs> crikey. <laughs> like do you need grabbing to of ball bags in the ball bags. Yes, definitely. Just uh, keep your hands to yourself even if you've had a drink is no excuse for being a dick. There it is, Charlie. I agree. Grabby people in the bill. Oh hand, yeah, hand, hand Who's down. in there? We've got Paul Ince. Grabby people, connoisseurs, cool downs, cats, glass trophies. And what are you about to add, Beth? Okay, I, I'm, this is a little bit controversial because I know there's people out there who wear them. Mm. Overstated, highly visible leggings. As in, like, mm. ni- like 19. No, I'm talking about. So. I agree. 15 years ago, no one would wear a legging if they paid you. Okay? A legging. <coughs> legging. Can I just legging. Point out, we're on King Coyd campus where everybody just wears sports legging gear well, all the time. I'd like to say something. I think I started this trend up here. If there's a gap between your leg and your garment on your legs, you ain't welcome here. I may, I'm, I'm telling you, I started the legging up here. Beth, you didn't start the I legging up here. I swear to God, I used to wear leggings. Well, if you think that Ravenclaw card is going to catch on, you've got another thing coming. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bath. Carry on. You you started leggings. Yeah, because right. I was so what we're talking now, seventeen years ago. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> You're old. I'm You're old. <laughs> um seventeen years ago, no one wore leggings and I used to wear them to hockey and then everyone started wearing them, so I'm taking credit. Anyway. Right. But now you put them in the ball bag. Yeah, because no listen, black leggings, fine. I'm talking about where the hell have these leggings come <laughs> from? They have bodies on them, they have like as if there's a it's firework, firework display just exploded all over them. There's, I mean, every type of design. It's like they dropped your yogurt on your quad. Yeah, I mean, just 
they're, they're not very... If you Charlie, think about I saw your fill-ins then. <laughs> <laughs> they're not very... Um, let's just say, you have to be a certain, certain shape to wear a legging, don't you? Even so, the, the female figure are certain shapes exactly. that you don't want to highlight. You know? And it's just, you know, and they're becoming more and more fashionable. And I just say, let's go back to black. Can't go wrong. So I just want an overstated legging. I know there's people listening... Vicky Sutton that likes, likes <laughs> them. Um, I've got a funny story about Vicky Sutton, actually. I hope she doesn't mind me talking about it on balls. Oh, this is a classic. She, Look-alike. she was at a pub the night before being a match, and the bar tenders were adamant that Vicky Sutton was actually Caris Phillips, the Welsh rugby captain, also daughter of Roland Phillips, the coach. And Vicky just went along with it. So all night she's getting free drinks. They were asking her about her prep for a match. And they were like, bloody hell, are you going to be able to play it tomorrow now? And Karis like, yeah, this is... Karis. I mean, Vicky. <laughs> Vicky was like, yeah, this is part of my routine, part of my routine. They're asking loads of questions like, how tall are you then? How many caps you got then? And she was like secretly on Wikipedia under the table. But uh, yeah, we call her Karis. Um, this week you got told you look like someone, didn't you? Oh, no doubt. That's not related to balls at all. Is there anything worse than somebody saying, hey, bloody hell, you got to look alike, and you look them up, and they're, they're unbelievably <laughs> fugly. Who is it? This guy in work was like, oh, I couldn't watch Line of Duty last night. You look the spit of the body. I said, oh, as long as she's fit. And he went, oh, yeah, yeah, she's not bad, she's not bad. Bloody hell. My friend sent me a screenshot. Once she's not even Caucasian, which I am, which I find okay, with similarities, but but also she looks like a, a sort of like a morph between an 80s Michael Jackson and... And you. My mum. <laughs> <laughs> no. She wasn't happy. I wasn't happy. Um, anyway, are leggings going in the ball bag? Yes. Overstated leggings. Submitted. They can go in, yeah. So we've we got grabbing. And Grimshaw. Grab. And no one likes a grab. I went to punch a man in the face because he grabbed me. He's probably trying to hug you, Beth. What? Well, trying to hug shake. something. Exactly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, you had another one for a ball bag. Oh, yeah. Post-match teas. <laughs> <laughs> what, like cups of tea? No, see... No. So that's what they call food after a game with the opposition, basically. I am normally starving at post-match, right, teas. And there's nothing worse than getting to the opposition. Because you know when you're at home, you have the same old teas, so normally you know what you're getting. And we, as Swansea Spartans, put on a very good spread. Um, so I've had some of the worst food I've eaten in my life at post-match teas. The worst one was a cold bowl of Heinz. I don't think it actually was Heinz. I'm oh, not no. Go- oh, there's nothing worse than a cheap bean. No, what the beans? <laughs> I wish it was the it beans. There's nothing worse than cheap beans. It was tomato soup. Cold. Co- it was lukewarm, and they didn't even have a bread roll. Disgusting. And I just think, you know, people, especially in our league, you travel quite far, at least put on a good spread for us. So where's the best place you've had food? Uh, either, I, so either, either as an athlete or as a presenter for okay, whatever. Okay, I, I, this has happened to me over the, over the weekend. I haven't mentioned, actually. I was shadowing for final score, which I'm going to be appearing on in a few weeks' time. Come on, girl. Um, but normally this year, I well, this season, I've been mainly doing Newport County matches. And I, listen, they're League Two, and I love them, so I'm not going to slag them off too much. But you get a cup of tea and maybe a bourbon biscuit, max. Went to Swansea City. Good God, it's a better spread than my mum's at Easter. There was there was starters, main course. There was a fridge full of free fizz. You would have loved it. Full fat coke. <laughs> I hate full fat coke. Do you? Yeah. Seems to guzzle it down when we buy a two, it's two the, pound. They're diet. They are. It says zero oh, at the top. Christ. It looks the same. It's on diet. Um, pick and mix the lot. And I, I was, that you know, very impressed. Fun. I remember when we played Manchester City, they'd play at... Um, Next door to the Etihad, they put they share a stadium with uh, the youth teams. They put on a decent spread, very healthy, 
lots it's of choice. Yeah. yeah, but they also had like a wheelbarrow made out of like bloody pineapple with grapes no, falling out no. of it. You know, all that Where sort of were jazz. You? Oh yeah, just Sorry. just told you. <laughs> yeah, have you ever been to Bishop? Oh, and also um, water bottles with the Manchester City crest on them. <gasps> what you could keep them? Glass. Oh, you weren't meant to, but I think somebody stole it. It's a candle holder. Um, so for those who are involved in Welsh sport, you obviously would have trained at the Welsh Institute of Sports, the Fire Gardens, Wiz, as it was known to I, us. I think if you haven't trained there, you're not, you can't no, class you, yourself no, as a Welsh athlete. I agree. Like, yeah. But the food has definitely improved, but it used to be really bad to the point where, you know, you couldn't even get a health, you couldn't even get a salad, you just have chips. But then we quite often go and play England at Bisham Abbey and that was like mm. harvester, posh harvester, wasn't it? Well, yeah, we trained there with Reading, actually. We still train there with Bisham Abbey. It's pretty decent food. Yeah. But uh, you're right. Credit where it's due, Sport Wales has upped its game. They provide our post-match teas and they're pretty okay. With the, with the post-match teas, I want to put in actually opposition who eat their teas before you arrive as well. It's just it's just rude manners. Until you're privately educated. Yeah. You're a gobbler, aren't you? Before they well, even arrive. Didn't, didn't get in there quick, didn't he? Post-match teas, are they in? You can borrow them for today. Yeah, please. I didn't have one. Overstated leggings are in and Charlie's grabbing. Um, <laughs> Other people grabbing, not Finally. Charlie's grabbing. Well, on that note, I think we should end episode eight. You've been listening to Balls with Beth Fisher. And Nia Jones. We'll speak to you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, buddy. Bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. Hope you find your dad. Oh, I really want my dad. Bye.